Light source energy, blessing us with adversity, birthing visions of freedom, where curses used to be. Yeah, source energy. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of True Chat, a community podcast, a made music production. And I am your host, Joy of Joyful Sounds, and this, my friend, is episode three of season six, titled Community Togetherness. And how can we achieve that? In this episode, you'll hear a returning voice, Sister Shirley, from the community of Inglewood. I want to draw your attention to some of the things that you'll hear mentioned throughout this episode, like our older generations being weakened with mental illness, too weak to fight. You'll hear mention of community togetherness and the things to pay attention to, as well as building community wealth, changing that narrative how we are now afraid of each other, but first we are afraid of ourselves and our own power and strength. Now I may come across as a little sarcastic right now, but I truly do appreciate the work of the woke Negro turn African-American turn Nigga, Black Lives Matter, okay? These people that are diving deep into systematic racism and the different prejudices that people have against us and we have against others. I encourage you to keep diving deep. Keep digging and understand the dynamics of human behavior. So that you can now see the truth. Residents of Inglewood and communities alike. We are not each other's enemies. And I'm speaking to Chicagoans. The black and brown people of Chicago and communities alike. And communities alike that can relate. Are our communities functioning correctly? The answer will be yes. It is designed to function the way they are now. Dysfunctional. The question is, are our communities functioning properly in our best interest? Are our communities operating in the best interest of the people in that community? Let's open our ears, our hearts, and our minds and receive as much as we can from this episode. Remember, the truth is to be received, not told. So in the spirit of of remaining and becoming curious, let's go, let's go. Hey, hey everybody, we're back with another episode of the Community Podcast today. 
And I'm back with a good old friend of mine, a returning voice. And as we always do, we introduce ourselves. So I'm going to let you have it, sister. Tell them who All you right. are. All right, this is the rever- returning voice of E.F. Shirley. And uh, I'm very proud to be sitting here with my friend, Miss Joy. Shirley, the last time we talked, we, we had a, a deep conversation about our community. You on 55th and May, I'm on 56th. More so our neighborhood, not just the community, but we, we, we shrunk it to the neighborhood. And um, we were talking about the concerns. Uh, we were also talking about a lot of the good things that are going on, a lot of the professionals that we have around here that are not being used uh, and why they're not being used. Uh, some of the ones that are, they use their skills and talents on the outside of the community. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm back here today just kind of talk about what do you see? Why, why, why do you think we are using our professions outside of our communities? One, because they, I, I, one, that's a really good question. Because a lot of them feel like that it's beyond the financial range of the people that live within the community. Whereas if they really looked at it, there are people within this community who have great financial resources because they're able to hire out other people to do the very work that these people could be doing if they gave themselves a chance to lend themselves to the community. Mm -hmm. You know, we have black electricians. We have black plumbers. We have black accountants. We have black roofers, we have janitors, we have every occupation that anybody else has. There is somebody here that is doing something. They're a secretary, they're a manager, they're a caregiver, they're a nurse, they're a doctor. Under the cover, you know. (laughs) But, um, But we have those people right here at our doors. Some of them may be retired. But the knowledge is still like yesterday. And we don't call upon one another to help one another. And unfortunately, I fear, feel it's because we're afraid of each other. We are afraid of each other. We are. And we've been talking throughout the episodes, throughout True Chat, about the different reasons as to why we are afraid of each other. Mm-hmm. How it happened, why it happened. And... Um, I'm going to kind of shift a little bit. There's something more specific that we spoke about as it relates to how we work and who we give work to in our community, specifically our neighborhood, Mm -hmm. uh, Inglewood. And you did speak about the different professions, professionals, but not really lending themselves to the community based on this trust. So my shift is coming from who are the ones that are being trusted. Who the is trusted? And trust so why do you think, why you think, them, you, so you're saying Polish. black folk, we trust, we, we would trust. We trust anybody but else ourselves. except ourselves. And right now we trust in Hispanics. Right now, they're because, not because, I mean, not to say some of them don't do phenomenal work. It's the price. They're able to undercut the white man. And why do you think that the Hispanics are undercutting because to them, that undercut is still a step up. It's a step up from nothing. 
you know here you have a black person sitting on 13 grand let's just use that as a figurative number that 13 grand is for a project now he'll call the white guy with the company and the logo and the name and the resources and say i need this done can you send someone out to do it when they get here if it takes them 10 minutes to get out the car because they're in fear of their personal safety, even though no one is interested in them, but they don't, they're not giving the community a chance. They're all going on here saying, yeah, it does have a, a, a point of reputation. There is some issues, but it's not every day. It's not everywhere in Inglewood. Okay. And, but it's, it's like, you just don't want to give it trust and give it a chance when you, when you first arrive here. So they get out the car and they look around and no, you're not seeing the houses of River Oaks or all this <laughs> stuff with the fabulous yards and Evergreen Park and all this stuff. You're seeing some houses that are boarded up and you're seeing some that are really worked on nicely. You're seeing some that are just the way they've always been and the people are hanging on, but they're clean. And then you see the ones with the crazies in front of it. And I think that's in a lot of places, but right now we're talking about right here, which always Inglewood seems to be uh, inundated with, they're the worst, they're the baddest. When actually they did a um, research project to show the worst neighborhoods in Chicago and Inglewood is not the worst. It's like third or four, <laughs> but it's not one or two. Okay, so getting back to the scenario you brought, uh, when uh, when they do step out of the truck, they step how do you out feel the like the how do you feel like the Hispanics are treated differently, and why do you think they get trust? Well, what happens is this is how it works. Why are so, we trusting them? This is how it works, and it's not like it's so much trust. It's just this is what we're given. See, you don't blacks have a tendency to not get a pick. It's what you're given. Again. The white company shows up. The guy comes out with the contracts and all the legal stuff, and he's getting that 13 grand because you think this is the best and I'm going to get professionally done. Now, what he does is he turns around and subcontracts it out to a, a Hispanic mm -hmm. who he doesn't have to pay that 13 grand. So he might make five or six off the top and they'll do the job for seven, seven or five. And then they come out and they have some, may have some skills, but then I've seen the ones with limited skills. They come out with the wives and everybody else <laughs> pregnant, carrying, on, carrying, carrying gutters and all kinds of crap. And these are the people that are supposed to <laughs> got that ladder moving. He got that woman working. I mean, but these are the people now that you done spent $13,000 on that are coming to work on your house. And you haven't got the gumption to say, what is this? Where's, where's, who are you? Is there, are you? But yeah, they're legitimately representing that mother company. It's just, they're a subsidiary. What do you feel like is really happening in, uh, in our community as it relates to these properties being bought up, but the, a lot of the, uh, the land and the properties being bought up? I think that I, you can't be mad. It's sat here so long, and like I say, we've not 
the pride that we should have had in ourselves, we we just lost it somewhere along the line. Your children grew up thinking that they had to get away instead of build up. I got to get out of here instead of saying I got to stay and save Grandma Ma's house that they worked, gave their whole life for, and it's a beautiful house. Just need some paint and wood and nails, but it's not within your realm of doing. That's not what you do. They've taken a lot of the man, manual labor out of our young people and just reduced it to a pad or a phone or a button. And they don't know what a hammer looks like unless they tripped over one in the basement somewhere. They don't know <laughs> how to use it properly. And so now they have to find someone else who's able to use it better than they are, better than they can. So we have black workers, but however, it's just that they've been, it's like, it's like a spell's been cast over them. You get one bad apple and not everybody is of that same caliber. They, they don't, um, they're going to do something to you. They're going to take your money and but run. While, so here's where I'm going with it. While all of that's happening, while our, while our younger folk are missing the bigger picture, because Regardless they're being of the directed away from it. Okay, so that's what I'm that's what I'm asking about. You saying they're being directed away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about Hispanics coming into the community and we're specifically talking about Inglewood now. Yeah. They're buying up everything. Um, but there's a a strategy behind it all. Oh yeah, because so they're running out of space you. where they are. When you when you see what kind of strategy do you see behind They're gonna it? Cre- they're trying to create another And when you say they the Hispanics are, are look seems like they're creating another little village because it's odd how little village that they built that place up from nothing. And now that it's running strong, guess who wants it back? The white man. So what does that really tell you to me? Like when I look at that, what does that really say? Saying that, that they're all we're all being played. Exactly. And that's the thing that I keep trying to tell people. But the smart thing that I feel like Hispanics are doing, they realize and know the game and know how they're being played. And they're allowing themselves to To be be played played so that they can can reposition. It's like a chess game. Exactly. So that they can get in a position where they want to be, where they at least somewhere along the line, even if it's just enough money to get them back home and live a better life. Mm hmm. They can do that. And that's the, that's the hard part. They at least have a place they can say, we can go home. Mm. They beat the home right out of black folks. Mm, that, but see, my thing always comes from us not wanting to know. And like you said, we were redirected and guided to not. But once you're given the truth, you can decide. And that's the thing that right now for me... Why I won't let it rest on systematic systematic racism. Mm-hmm. Systematic racism is real. God damn it, I know it. As, as like I keep saying, black revolutionary into black nationalists. Of course, we get it, got it, and understood. But what my mentor drilled and ha- had me understand with all of that, you can put a pound of crack in the middle of a block, and if a people are not on that shit, that shit is gonna blow away with the wind. That's correct. But when people want outside of themselves or don't see themselves of having that, when they want something outside of themselves, then they're going to get it. And that's what we have to be real about. My thing is, 
we want something else. We see something else outside of ourselves, ourselves as being better. better. When and so we, we are the best. Exactly. We and don't so, see the, we don't see the the value that that we bring to the table. And you know where it comes from? I'm gonna tell you where it comes from. And this is where black people have to get it. And that's this is why everybody else will always be able to capitalize on us all the way back to slavery is greed. Mm-hmm. You're given something. Why? We are the creators. You got Asians, Mexicans, Indians. That's a whole tribe. All of them are in the middle, on the other side of the white folk, at the other end, those, because those are all our children. We are the creators. We give it to the industrial who can turn creation into any and everything. Then you give them to our children who present it to the world. When you know who you are, you understand the rest of the world. But everybody trying to do everybody's shit because everybody's greedy, but it starts from the beginning. So when we stop not being greedy, then the rest of the world won't because we, we take them from them. We won't allow them to do what they came to do. Mm-hmm. And the creator has to know and see that. That's the black woman. You got people that, don't, that are not with or entities that are not wanting humanity to be on the planet. Oh, yeah. That's the, the energy that is zapping and confusing and controlling. And that doesn't have a color on it. No. So that is why it's I speak. You know what I'm saying? And so my thing, and, but, but because we're, we're giving, because we don't see that when we come to the table, everybody's coming to the table like, like I'm better instead of noticing like what your role is when you come to the table. So you can only say you better within your group. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like y'all, fight, but that's good. That's a good, healthy competition. So you know who to bring to the table. I want my best at this table to represent. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. We know it, but we forget it on a, on a basic level. We know it when we go to the Olympics and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Because when we go to the Olympics, how, don't we shake hands with everybody real everybody. cool? But we still want to whoop your ass. That's you know what I'm saying? But I love you. And I see what you got over there, uh, Russia. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got them Amazon bitches over there that's cool. <laughs> you know? You know but, but you got that understanding. Why is it so different when we break down in our own? Because of the greed. So my thing is, when we want that, we allow them to now enslave us. Yeah, and that, that's, that's the issue. You say, I'm, you can't tell me what to do. Somebody's always going to tell you what to do until you're able to do for yourself. And you can't do for yourself if you're not willing to share of yourself. It's, this is not a me, my, I situation. This is a we, us situation. You got to... You gotta, you got to share. You got to care. You got to look back. You got to pull forward. You can't walk this fight by yourself. You won't win it. Yeah. My thing to the Hispanics and the role that they're playing. But see, I, like I told you before, I saw it in 96 in Atlanta. I could see clearly. And I told my girlfriend at the time, and they thought I, it was funny. I was, you know, she, it was funny. So when, when... Trump started talking the mess that he was talking about building that wall. I understood what he was talking about. Yeah, he understood that. He I'm not. I'm, I'm, I don't agree. I don't, I don't but care. I understood I'm what fan, he meant. But he understood. You know what I'm saying? What they were trying to exactly. do. Exactly. Because he's a crook. And a <laughs> okay, crook, okay. But but, but that, that was a crook. 
and that's that's what I'm saying. And so with that being said, like th- th- that's the thing. So if we gotta sh- we gonna shift it, you gotta be able to see that shit and say what call it out for what it is. That's right. I'm on some bullshit, and I know you are. Right. So if we ain't gonna be on this bullshit, let's cut the bullshit and be honest about the bullshit that we're on. And so black folk, like right now, it's just a whole bunch of wool. You know what I'm saying? A whole bunch of wool. But do you really want to see it? Because once you do, nigga, you got work to do. Yeah. You ready to do it? No, because most unfortunately, let's bring it back to the community. A lot of our people here are sick. I don't mean like, yeah, they have the medical sickness, but I mean the mental sickness. They're they're sick. They, They depend on a lot of things outside of their own spirit. They get they, we've got too many men that are drug addicts and drinkers. They're not they're not healthy enough. They couldn't ward off the average fourteen year old Hispanic boy, a grown ass man. These the Hispanics have figured out their children are strong. They work, but they had to build and watch. They had to build. That's and what watch. I'm trying to say. And, it, and our guy, our kids didn't have much to watch because they were too busy. Hanging out trying to pretend to be something that they weren't. Like they had something that they don't have. It's more important to have this pair of shoes or this ring or this car and not have your your the inner strength, your inner core strength. They stopped running. Unless they were running from the police. But they stopped working out. They stopped eating good. They, they just kept eating that bullshit. Like going, how are you going to go... And I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not a racist. But I will, I am really upset the way they run to these Arab stores and buy the same food that they just used, one of those guys' food stamps, took them to Aldi's and bought all that food, brought it back to that store, retagged it, and sold it back to them. Some of that, and, 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 and there is no. Hygiene, no, 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 no uh, certified health board stamp of approval on the way they handle their food. And these guys run there every day buying that stuff instead of going to a real store, buying enough food to last them and making their own food where they know what's going in their mouth. And if they don't have sense enough to do that, go buy from somebody you know that's going to sell you some shit that love and care about you. What's that sister's name again? Yes, we had a restaurant here. A good example was Miss Quida. She was serving phenomenal food. And the store, unfortunately, she was working out of an Arab-owned um, grocery store. I want y'all to listen to this story. Listen, young people. She was working out of an Arab-owned grocery store. And he was one of the people that were using your link money to go to all these and other stores and buy up all the stuff, bring it back to that store, retag it, and sell it back to you at twice the price. But in the back, you had this lady, this black lady with her daughter and her family cooking. And the sister could cook. And people started going in that store. And they were eating good. I mean, she'd have the Sunday dinner. She had the jerk tacos. She, I mean, just phenomenal. And the Arab man got mad. He couldn't sell anything but a snow cone. Do you all understand what's happening? I need for y'all to stop thinking that it does not matter because it does. The more it does, it will continue to come down. It won't 
and you won't know it until it's right in your face and you have no other black people or no other community around to help you, protect you, or to stand with you. I need for you all to become more curious. Please, Ms. Shirley, finish. So what happened was because he wasn't making any money to send back to his country to, to pay for his nice home in Joliet or wherever they came from, that they lived very nicely off of our, our lives, buying stuff that came from someplace else, he shut her down. He closed the store and drove the woman out of business. Do you hear that? This nigga shut his own store down to stop, to stop a business that was making him, that was making, actually bringing more business into his store because she was making more. I need for y'all to understand what that mean. That means it's so much deeper than that. She had more influence on her people than he did. So what that meant was his store was not doing what it was meant to do. Which was siphon the money okay? out of the community. Y'all got to understand that. You got to see it. And nobody's telling you. So listen to the people that are telling you. Yeah. Don't sit up here and look at me like I'm crazy. Hear what it is I'm telling you. You might not move the way I move with it, but take this information and become the kings and prince that you all are. Yeah. So since the money wasn't going where they wanted it to go, they shut it down. They shut it down. Does that make sense to you? No, so now your ass got to go back to eating that bullshit you was eating. And, but your system used to it now. On the next block. You can't get your, your home-cooked meal anymore. But we have a new black restaurant that has emerged on, um, what is that, Garfield Boulevard in Halstead. As a matter of fact, Miss Quita was there for a brief period of time, but another uh, black lady has moved in there, and she is a lady of substance. Her restaurant is called Queen, mm -hmm. and she has a pretty good menu. She's also a notary. This young lady is, is really doing everything she can to make a statement in our community. So if you have an opportunity and you're hungry and want some good food, Stop up there at Queen. Check out some of the black-owned, black-operated stores there. They have a beauty salon there uh, with the supplies where you don't have to go to the Arabs and buy your hair and your eyelashes and all that stuff. You can get it right there from this black. And I'm going to tell you something else about that. Also, these stores also care what it looks like on the outside of their store. So if you go back down around Halstead, every day I go around there, I look at that, that restaurant. I remember my dad used to take me there when I was a little girl. He would wake me up around 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning because nobody else was, would get up that, that early. And he'd be like, you want to eat? And I'm like, ah. Oh. He'd be like, you want to eat? You better let's go. And we would go to that restaurant, sit in there, have our little breakfast. That was me and, me and him time. we talk. Laugh, chop, trip the life fantastic, and then go back to the crib or go to uh, my, my uncle's house, his brother's house, and do whatever we were doing for that Saturday morning or whatever it was. He'd take me home and he'd do his thing. Now you look at that place, it, lo it's, it looks like a fucking hellhole. I always think about how can I bring that place and restore it to at least what it used to be. I remember the music places, the, uh, the, uh, when, they, when they had painted it and they had all of the different jazz uh, artists, yeah, I remember when they did that. I was young, 
a kid when they did that. And I, but I was so in love with it, it made me think that they like were performing there. I would like to see there. if we're going to have art splashed across the buildings in Inglewood. I would prefer it to be black, motivated, family, environmental art instead of slash name, you know, of somebody. We have no idea what the thing is even saying. That's a good point. And that's something that I'm, I'm definitely, y'all hear that? that that's something... A issue or something we will definitely lift and raise. We'll raise that uh, that yeah, point. I mean, I had asked when that man first opened that store, I said, what is all that on the side of the building? And nobody wanted to discuss it. It's, it's you know, the, the Hispanics, like I said, I'm not racist, prejudiced or anything, but they're not bringing culture. They're not bringing cultural things to our community. So here, They're bringing statement things that say, we're here. Mm -hmm. We know you're here. We see you every damn day. Okay? But if you go down on Ashland, you see that they're there too, but they're there with Mother Mary. They're there with them trudging through the water in the wheat fields, carrying their corn and their baskets, showing their struggle to be in America. They're introducing you to how they developed. Okay, and we're saying that if you want to come here and develop, do a unifying mural where you're meeting the black community. Show us shaking hands. Do a painting of us shaking hands. Do a painting of us looking at one another's children. Do a painting of us helping one another instead of some indescript whatever it is that's sprawled across the wall in colors with some cassette tape on it. So now we can pay attention to that and let that tell us what it is is going on, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now you need to that's know a great point. Ashe, 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 oh. That's a good one. <laughs> May yes, I want to share with you all an experience I had while working with After School Matters. Over at, over at Hancock High School, I worked in the garden. So, of course, I carried my skills of working with youth to this program. And in that is getting to know them and how they perceive me as a black instructor who the world has labeled queer <laughs> and how they saw my community. So I made it clear to them where that I'm from Inglewood, which is a few neighborhoods east of them. And this is what this young lady said. So if you all remember, there was this rap. The rappers were battling and talking about, you had the black rapper that was, talking about the plight and the systemic racism that is experienced in his and the black experience. And then you had a white rapper that appeared to be white that was the, which what you would consider, that could be considered devil's advocates. Black folk have been given everything. They need to pull themselves up the whole pull yourself up by the bootstraps and we suffered. So we had a discussion around 
the two, the raps and the two sides and allowed the students to talk. And the one young lady who was very influential in uh, her class says, well, yeah, I feel like black people are lazy and they bring a lot on themselves. I'm not talking about you, but I feel like, especially the younger generation, they bring a lot on themselves. They're lazy and they don't work. They just want handouts. They expect everything to be given to them. That came right out of her mouth. Things that make you go, hmm, where would she be getting that from? Is that her experience? Is that what she's being taught? I allow people to have their own thoughts and opinions, and I share mine. When you teach people to think, they can come up with what is true. There's no need to give them an answer. The reason I share this is because it is very relevant to what is happening in our communities amongst black and brown people today, especially communities like Inglewood. And it starts with our leaders in those, in those neighborhoods. How about it, aldermen or older women? How are we truly supporting and educating our children on what's happening in our communities? If you are working to change the narrative in your community, these are some of the questions that you should be asking yourself about your community, beginning with your block, your neighbors, your neighborhood. The first question, you need to figure out if your neighbors feel and believe that they are currently living as free human being. And what does that look like? Is slavery a choice or being a victim a choice? That's the first understanding. Then, do you want to be free? If freedom is what you want, then the next question is, are there challenges that I have? And notice the I, the accountability. Next, do I want to change and or heal these challenges that I have? Then, when, how, who, or what will I get this help from? We have to be willing and humble when that help comes because the universe is always in your favor when you are on your path, no matter where you are on that path. No matter how low you think you are on that path. But it begins with asking these very questions. Because if you don't see yourself as having the power to free yourself, then it will not be done. It cannot be done. You don't see it. You don't think it can be. And so it is. But if you do, this is the beginning of that formula. On that note, y'all, 
Be sure to tune in next week for a story I'm sure you all will enjoy. And until then, I am your host, Joy of Joyful Sounds, signing off and out. Feels my being it is like everyone I might see adversity penetrating my communities, creating perceptions that we need to be freed.